1: Hello and welcome to the revolution, welcome to the Liberty Hour of uh, Informed Life Radio brought to you by Informed Choice Washington. There's a lot of informs in there. I want to give a big shout out of thanks to the support of Informed Choice Washington, who's uh, the members uh, donations, keeps free speech on the air right there in the greater Puget Sound region Um, and coming to you on Rumble and Twitter and Facebook and streaming live to CHD TV. Uh, The views expressed are not necessarily those of KKNW or CHD-TV or Children's Health Defense. Uh, We're just bringing you information to be your first stop in exploring what's going out there in the world so that you can move forward and do your own exploration, make your own decisions, Um, do some critical thinking, and really live that informed life as this program is all about. Um, So uh, bringing on the show today, two amazing men. I'm so proud to have them on. It's Brad Miller and Rob Green. Uh, Brad Miller is a former Army Lieutenant Colonel and he is now serving this nation by volunteering with the new military chapter of Children's Health Defense. A different way of serving, but I think it's serving us all and the future of our children uh, very nobly. And then continuing to serve this great nation in the military is Robert Green Jr., active commander of the U.S. Navy. And he is the author of the Declaration of Military Accountability. That is the subject of this show today. A lot of you out there may have been hearing a buzz about it. It's really taking off. It's starting to go viral. I believe it was like even in mainstream media has picked it up. I believe it was talked about in Newsweek and, and other mainstream areas. So it's very exciting. Um, welcome to the show, um, Brad and Rob.
2: Oh, well, thanks for having us on.
1: I, uh, thank just, you very much. Um, you're so very welcome. So what I would like to do, I'm going to ask each of you to just talk a little bit about yourselves and kind of what led to this moment of this, um, um, declaration. And then I'm going to have Rob read it to us as the lead author on it. I want everybody to hear these amazing words and the sentiment behind it. Um, it. It gave me chills. It made me happy. Big smile and tears at the same time. I am so excited when people stand up and speak out for what this great nation is all about and and willing to put themselves on the line to really do what this, you know, serve this nation. So, so Brad, tell us a little bit about your journey that brought you to us today.
2: Yeah. So just, you know, very briefly, um, I served in the army for 19 years, you know, a little over 19 years. And um, because of what we, of course, believe to be not just harmful, but also the unlawful COVID-19 shot mandate uh, I ended up losing my command position. And then later I resigned from the military and left, you know, with just over 19 years of service. So that all happened a little more than a year ago when I actually exited from the military. And since then, I've just tried to be outspoken uh, about how we can continue our liberties, you know, speak out against government overreach, try and keep ourselves healthy, you know, advocate for all types of freedom. An important part of that, of course, is health freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And then that's how I met other individuals like Rob and others who are largely doing the same thing, whether they continue to serve in uniform or whether they are like me and still look for ways to serve, but not necessarily in uniform. And then last but not least, as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Bernadette, uh, I have been active in assisting those who are part of the newly launched military chapter of CHD. So that launched about three months ago, and uh, we've been pretty active with that. We're really excited about that.
1: That's very exciting. Thank you so much. And Rob, what's it? What's your journey like that brought you to this moment?
3: Yeah, thank you for the question. So I was the executive officer of a 650-person unit when the mandate came down, and I knew that I could not go along with this. So I was ultimately fired from that position, uh, refusing to go along with the lawlessness and trying to protect the service members in my charge. Mm-hmm. I was sent home for seven months, and my only job was to call in and make sure you tell them that I was alive and they stopped taking my call pretty quickly. Uh, But they eventually could not fire us because federal court came in and said, you can't fire these people who turned in religious accommodations. So eventually they put me back to work. And as the narrative in the nation started shifting again, Mm -hmm. I realized I needed to start writing this down to make sure that we never forget this story. And so I need to open with a a huge thanks, a huge gratitude to Children's Health Defense. They were the first major organization to get behind my book, Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines. CHD Mm -hmm. is the imprint behind that book, and they have been a powerful force in all of this. And I am very grateful for all that you've done. That book came out. In, uh, in July, Independence Day this past year, and it has been a rallying cry for so many people. In that book, I talk about meeting with other service members who were standing up, and it was uniting with them, people like Brad Miller and so many mm-hmm. of the people that I talk about in that book that gave me so much hope, gave me so much um, desire to keep fighting no matter what. So finding each other is crucial, and supporting each other has been crucial in this fight for me.
1: Can you repeat the title of your book again so people can jot that down? And we will provide it as a resource um, in Formed Choice Washington's newsletter um, to go along with the show information. But repeat it for everybody so they know.
3: Absolutely. It's Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines, A Story of Hope for Those Who Love Liberty.
1: Excellent. I love that. And I also want to point out that um, that Brad is a, a teacher at IPAC at the... Um, ipac-edu, yep. uh, online university formed by the people with the most amazing instructors, um, doctors, researchers, individuals like Brad, teaching a whole cornucopia of of courses, uh, biology, philosophy, politics, uh, science, um, so that we as the population can educate ourselves, um, and and prevent ourselves from being run rough shot in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, if COVID taught us anything is we can't be complacent. We can't defer um, really important things to so-called experts. Yes, we can refer to experts, but we should never defer to them. We need to make sure that we see what they have to say, see what the other people have to say, understand how to process the information by educating ourselves and in that manner we can prevent this from ever happening again. So I feel like, you know, the United States in the, in the grand scheme of things is a relatively young nation, a couple hundred years old. Um, And even at its founding, who was it that famously said, it's, uh, it's a, it's a Republic if you can keep it or.
3: (laughs) Benjamin Franklin.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm I'm really bad at, at quotes. And so I feel like we're kind of going through growing pains, almost like we came through this really um, annoying, obnoxious part of our great republic where people were acting like teenagers. Like, I don't wanna do the work. I don't care what you have to say. I'm gonna ignore everything, but instant pleasure, you know? And, And then so other people came in and just took everything up because we weren't paying attention. We were complacent and compliant. Um, but, but so we had some growing pains, some maturing, and it took us a few years to figure out what the heck, what are the tools of the citizens of this great nation? And what is the infrastructure of this nation? And then how do we begin to, to get back to the foundations? And so with that, what I would love to do then is I'm going to go ahead and pull up the, the wonderful Declaration of Military Accountability. Um, Rob, before we go to full screen on that, um, I do, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull that back for a second because I would like you to explain the process. You, dr- you drafted the initial, um, explain to us um, how that went.
3: So the idea came out of a couple op-eds I had I had written. I had gone on the offensive personally and had written about how leaders need to resign. They need to take a ownership of these mistakes, of these crimes, frankly, that have occurred in the course of implementing the COVID-19 mandate. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had realized that it, this needs, it needs something more significant than just resignations. And we need to go on the offensive here because otherwise they're not going to hold themselves accountable. They've proven, and each of the branches of government have proven that they will not follow the law, and our attempts to force them to do that need to come with some kind of backing. It needs to have some kind of teeth. Yes. So the, I, the idea is that since none of the branches of government are willing to hold themselves accountable or anyone else, then the people are going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. And in the military, which is what Brad and I care about, as veterans and actively serving folks and those who signed on to this document, we have an avenue, a legal avenue that we can go to go on the offensive and to ensure accountability happens. There are two ways to do that. One is by recalling folks from retirement who have done this for court martials, Mm -hmm. And the other avenue is those of us who are service members and veterans, if we can ever attain a legislative office at the federal level, then we can introduce legislation to remove retirement income from mm-hmm. those who have perpetrated this on the American people. So those are the avenues. And we incorporated that into this document. Okay. And the, the attempt is to echo the founding fathers in what they did, naming King George, naming the crimes that have been committed, and then talking about what they intend to do. It's a declaration. We're not requesting this from anyone else. Mm -hmm. No one else is coming in here to save our country. We have to do it. We're declaring to the American people that we are going to do what it takes, as long as it takes, for accountability to happen so we can win our country
1: back. That is fantastic. I just want to give you a, a little bit of a tip that as you read, try to have your mic not hit your collar. It's making just a little bit of a sound. Um, sure. Yeah, sometimes that can happen. Um, and then, so you drafted this beautiful document and then you reached out as writers must always do and had other people weigh in on it and, and edit and shape it together until it became this beautiful piece. And i be, Brad was one of those that you reached out to, right? Too. Oh, yes. Yeah. He, he
3: he was helpful in guiding this entire thing. As a matter of fact, if, if I'm the pin behind this thing, he's the face of this movement. Mm-hmm. And he has been for a while. And yeah. so I am so grateful to him and so many others, uh, Grant Smith and Ivan Rinklin, Carolyn Rocco. There's some other people who have provided incredible guidance and suggestions and helped shape this thing to make it what it has become.
1: Excellent. So we've got it up there on the screen and if Nathan could move it to full screen for us. So this was launched the 1st of January, 2024. What a great way to start the new year. And so we will have Rob Green read the open letter.
3: An open letter to the American people from signatories of this declaration of military accountability. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. In the course of human events it sometimes becomes necessary to admonish the lawless encourage the faint-hearted and strengthen the weak we have reached just such a time in our history the affairs of our nation are now steeped in avaricious corruption and our once stalwart institutions including the department of defense are failing to fulfill the moral obligations upon which they were founded standing upon our natural and constitutional rights we hereby apprise the American people that we have exhausted all internal efforts to rectify recent criminal activity within the armed forces. In the declaration of independence, our founding fathers sought separation. We seek no separation, but through this letter and the efforts we pledge herein, we pursue restoration through accountability. We intend to rebuild trust and restore the rule of law, particularly within the armed forces. Ultimately, We strive to once again become a moral people, restoring our nation and making it again worthy of the great gift of liberty won by the colonial era American people. While implementing the COVID-19 vaccine mandate, military leaders broke the law, trampled constitutional rights, denied informed consent, permitted unwilling medical experimentation and suppressed the free exercise of religion. Service members and families were significantly harmed by these actions. Their suffering continues to be felt financially, emotionally, and physically. Some service members became part of our ever growing veteran homeless population. Some developed debilitating vaccine injuries, and some even lost their lives. In an apparent attempt to avoid accountability, military leaders are continuing to ignore our communications regarding these injuries and the laws that were broken. For General Milley, Admiral Grady, General McConville, Admiral Gilday, Admiral Lesher, General Brown, General Berger, General Smith, Vice Admiral Kilby, Vice Admiral Noel, Vice Admiral Fuller, Lieutenant General Martin, Lieutenant General Davis, Major General Edmondson, General Williams, Admiral Fagan, Vice Admiral Buck, Lieutenant General Clark, Major General Francis, Lieutenant General Dingle, Lieutenant General Miller, Rear Admiral Gillingham, and numerous others, these individuals enabled lawlessness and the unwilling experimentation on service members. The moral and physical injuries they helped inflict are significant. They betrayed the trust of service members and the American people. Their actions caused irreparable harm to the armed forces and the institutions for which we have fought and bled. These leaders refuse to resign or take any other action to hold themselves accountable, nor have they attempted to repair the harms their policies and actions have caused. Since there has yet to be any accountability, the undersigned give our word to do everything morally permissible and legally possible to hold our own leadership accountable. We intend to rebuild trust by demonstrating that leaders cannot cast aside constitutional rights or the law for political expediency. The flag and general officers are far from the only ones complicit in recent illegal activities as a significant number of of senior executive service leaders and political appointees contributed. Evidence indicates that other executive agencies are engaging in illegal activity. However, as service members and veterans, we feel particularly responsible for the DOD and in accordance with our oaths, we will make every effort to demonstrate by example how an institution can put its own house in order. We, the undersigned, on behalf of hundreds of thousands of service members and the American people, while appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for guidance and purity of intention, mutually pledged to each other that we will do everything in our power through lawful word and action to hold accountable military leaders who failed to follow the law when their leadership and moral courage was most desperately needed. In the coming years, thousands within our network will run for Congress and seek appointments to executive branch offices While those of us still serving on active duty will continue to put fulfilling our oaths ahead of striving for rank or position. For those who achieve the lawful authority to do so, we pledge to recall from retirement the military leaders who broke the law and will convene courts-martial for the crimes they committed. For those of us who attain legislative offices, we pledge to introduce legislation to remove all retirement income for the military leaders who were criminally complicit and we will ensure none serve in or retire from the senior executive service. This endeavor will be a continuous process with a long-term time horizon, but fulfilling our oaths to defend the constitution requires just such persistent vigilance. Likewise, we are obligated and so commit to train those who come after us to fulfill their duty in achieving this accountability and safeguarding against such leadership failures hereafter. Our once great nation Our nation was once great because it was good. It was built on moral principles founded in natural law, and yet the recent acceleration of moral relativism has us headed towards a precipitous implosion. While all good things come to an end, we refuse to allow our nation to go quietly into the depths of decadence and decay. We promise to exhaust all moral, ethical, and legal means to restore the rule of law. We will fight to enforce that law and put an end to the two-tiered justice system. May future generations see our efforts, and God willing, may they also be the recipients of the great gift of liberty that we have had the honor of safeguarding.
1: I was scrolling through and showing the the names of the individuals who signed, and you get to see their name and their rank and their real signature there. And I just find it very moving, as, as if observing, you know, going to a memorial, to see the the individual names willing to stand up for for what this document is all about, 230 names altogether. I'll just scroll, scroll a little bit. Um, I'm going to keep going. I know on the radio, you're not seeing this. I should be reading some of the names, but since I can't read all of the names, I don't want to single anyone out. How many pages is it? It's just pages. You're, you're almost at
2: the end. It's 11 was, pages of,
1: uh, of signatures. Of so you're,
2: yeah. Yeah. So it's one page of text and then 11 other pages of, um, of yeah. names. So yeah. that, that's the last page there. Yeah.
1: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. We're going to stop sharing. Uh, beautiful so I'm gonna then I've got a lot of questions um, and then if, if I'm asking questions that just don't work for you just look, we'll go on to others but um, I guess one of the things I'm wondering logistically have, are you sort of creating some sort of committee or organization where you regularly um, kind of come together to keep yourselves on track for the mission of this resolution? How will that unfold moving forward?
2: Well, I, I'd um, like to defer to to Brad on that one. Too. Yeah, so so the first thing that I'll tell you is, um, you know, we knew that this was gonna be big this week. We did not know that it was gonna be this big. So um, the impact that we have had has been tremendous and the reception that we have received has just been, been incredible. And we can kind of talk about what all has happened this week as well. But more to your question, Bernadette, um, to some degree, what we're trying to figure out is is um, how do we manage kind of all the help that everyone wants to give us? So if you're listening right now and your first question is, hey, I, I love what I'm hearing or I love what I'm seeing, how do I help? The first thing you can do is go to militaryaccountability.com. If you go to militaryaccountability.com, you will find the Declaration of Military Accountability that Rob just read. So you, you can see the document and then you can see the 11 pages behind it that you just scrolled through that shows the 231 signatories. Now there's a petition that is associated with the declaration that anyone can sign. And when we say anyone, we mean anyone. A lot of people want to ask, hey, I've never been in the military. Can I still sign? Absolutely. Yes, you can. So that is militaryaccountability.com right there. You will see the buttons at the bottom where you can either download the document or you can sign the petition. So please, go to this website, sign the petition, and then share it around with everybody that you know. You can see at the bottom, there is a counter of the uh, the signatures, you know, kind of a running tally of the signatures as they come in. But wh- what we want to do is is we realize that this is an enduring project. Bernadette, back to your question as to kind of what we're doing. Um, we, this week, we do kind of have a central committee that, that took Rob's initial draft and kind of helped, you know, massage it a little bit. I mean, r- Rob had a, a fantastic product already, um, but just kind of co-organizers to help roll this out. And we have been in constant communication this week to try and figure out, okay, how do, we, how do we capitalize on this massive amount of momentum that we've gotten? And where do we go from here? So we really want to generate interest in the people, but also as it specifically lays out in the declaration we have individuals right now who are dedicated to this. We understand that 2024 is a pivotal year. Everyone knows it. everybody can just kind of feel Mm -hmm. the energy in the air. 2024, you know, people may say, Hey, I don't know if 2024 is going to be a good year or a bad year, but it's going to be a pivotal year. Mm -hmm. So we just decided we're going to hit the ground running. And then the last thing that I kind of want to say is, um, so how did we do that? So we decided kind of that, that central core of us, we decided that, um, New Year's Day was the day to roll it out. So the way we did that was early in the morning, um, 4 a.m. Eastern time to be exact. So, you know, D.C. time where a lot of these leaders are, you know, in the Pentagon. Uh, I sent an email to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and other senior leaders. I sent them an email that contained the Declaration of Military Accountability and just some quick verbiage explaining to them that this declaration is not addressed to them. It's addressed to the people but we are informing them that this declaration is about to hit the streets. That was the overall, um, rationale behind sending that email. And then after I sent the email, I turned around, I put a post on Twitter or X with a screenshot of the, the body of the document. I think I sent that out at four Oh seven Eastern again, new year's day. And, um, I didn't think it would catch a whole lot of traction that early in the morning. We wanted to do it early to just get it out there fast. But, um, Almost immediately it took off. That post on X now has been seen, I think, 3.8 million times. And um, (laughs) just, I mean, just immediately the reception we got was, was tremendous. And so we've been trying to capitalize on it as much as possible.
1: It, it really is spreading, um, because I was seeing, you know, little things on, on Twitter and then on my signal groups I'm in, people are sharing it. What's this? I don't know. I haven't read it yet, but I love the title. And then others, oh, you got to read it. It's amazing. And I mean, it's, it is, it's going everywhere. It, so it is, um, People are excited about it. You put action in it. I think we have resolution exhaustion in this country because before we sort of figured out actual action steps we can take to stop the madness, a lot of people were just publishing, and I'm guilty of doing it myself, sort of resolutions that we, we don't believe in what's going on and we believe in freedom, but we didn't have any action teeth with it. And this resolution names, names, it names actions that that you're going to do. Um, and some pretty, I mean, it's pretty amazing when individuals with military, military rank, put their name on that. And it. I think it just, anytime there's that expression, when one man stands up, 50 more grow a backbone, you know, and for you guys to stand up, it inspires others. Uh, one other thing I want to say is like, for the past couple of years, I've been to so many different events, um, you know, medical freedom events and what have you. And there's usually a table for veterans. And anytime I approach them to talk about what is going on, very everything you've touched on, all of them very, very concerned. So I believe within the 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 veterans, the you know retired military, and your rank and file, they're probably, if they're not speaking up now, they're at least in their heart feeling, um, a lot of hope that something is being, uh, done and and standing up. Um, so then, um, so that kind of answers that question. So it sounds like you're, you're just kind of a a quick comment
2: on that. If I, if I may, Bernadette, so you mentioned how a lot of these veterans feel towards the military right now. So, um, Rob and I have both done quite a few interviews this past week because it's generated so much interest. And I commonly get a question, um, about other issues that are going on in the military right now. So this declaration is narrowly focused for a reason because we're, we're really getting at the unlawful and harmful way in which the, um, the, the, you know, the, the COVID-19 shot mandate was implemented. Okay. That is not, I mean, I mean, we certainly understand there are other significant problems in the military. Yeah. And so it's not that we're ignoring those, it's that we're focusing on this one because here's what we believe. It's not that those other problems aren't significant. Um, and it's not that we believe that, that if we solve this problem, that every problem in the military will be solved. We, we kind of invert that question. It's more that, hey, if we don't fix this problem, it doesn't matter if we fix the others. Failure to fix this one does mean that our military cannot move forward in a healthy manner, even if we were to fix some of those other problems. This one is so egregious and it's so large And it has just severed so much trust between both the senior leadership and the rank and file service members. And then also between the military as a whole and the American public that this has to be fixed for us to be able to move forward in a healthy manner.
1: Yeah, and that exactly answers my next question is, is it just, just the, the vaccine itself that this is focused on. And that was your answer. But I do believe that we have seen um, examples in the past when you go after one very egregious systemic problem with an organization, with the government, that very process reveals the systemic problems that allowed it to happen in the first place. So there will be ripple effects here that that go out. And I think it will also embolden others to pick up the mantle, to pick up the other issues that are going on and take charge of those as well. Right. So, and I do applaud you for sticking to one thing because it's very easy in, in, in the freedom movement as it were to, um, to want to fix everything. And you, it'll just crush you if you try. (laughs) So you, you do have to pick your lane, stick to it, get her done. Um, so that's exciting, and and it sounds like you're you're still working on some sort of structure moving forward to ha- harness the volunteers, to keep the momentum going, have some sort of organizational structure there, which is is not an an easy thing to do. But there, hopefully, you'll find a nice framework. Um,
3: if I could speak Id- to that real yes. quick, Bernadette. So yes. one of the things that has that has guided this movement, probably the single most important thing that has guided all this is our dedication to our faith. And we have given this whole thing to God, the, the, the military operation of it, the way some of us military leaders think and operate, the way we have communicated with everyone, the timing of all of this. We have not done any of these things. I mean, it's been very intentional on our part to do the best we can, but it's all been uh, completely wrapped in prayer. It's mm-hmm. all been completely focused on the spiritual elements of this fight. It is, it is good and evil going on right now. Yes, There are principalities and powers that we're fighting that we have no idea um, how to fight except in our own hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And so we, this is completely a God thing. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is God is raising the weak and the lowly, us, and <laughs> giving us might that we do not have. Mm-hmm. I, I've never written like this before the book and, and before the, the the vaccine stuff. I, I was never a writer. I was never really good at it. And I would try to kneel down and pray before every time I wrote. Um, and and it, there's something else going on here that God is using people like us raising up the lowly and putting might in our arms that we don't have. And so we keep giving the the outcome to God. And the only thing we're focusing on is trying to do the best we can, do everything we can to fulfill God's will in this. And whatever the outcome is, we'll know we we will have done our job as long as we keep it focused on whatever God's will is in all of this. So to to your point on organization, we are a little bit free-flowing because we keep it focused on whatever, we're not trying to exclude anything or um, or try to inject a certain amount of, of control and structure that might exclude yeah. what God wants this to become.
1: Yeah, I like that, that it, it, keep it organic and just keep listening quietly to where you are being led. Um, and then both of you having been in the military and so many others you're working with. Um, surely you you've got a mindset for organization to a certain degree and you know how to you know so keep those important structures in place that's exciting it reminds me a bit so years ago i used to teach writing classes and i i coined a little phrase that i called and it was like the cure for writer's block or just about everything was write to express not to impress so anybody even if you have not developed Craft and spent years honing a craft. When you sit down and you look inside yourself and you think, "What is it I want to say?" and you just listen to that inner voice, and in you you were praying to God to help me articulate what it is that needs said, um, and you put that down. I that's probably what we're feeling and why this is so strong because it organically came out of you. You were writing to express, and craft is secondary to expression. And then, you know, you got editors in there because it it flowed beautifully. It looked lovely to me. Um, So uh, I just, I encourage anybody. um, I I even have taken that a bit um, with my own life. Live to express, not to impress, you know, choose those goals and have that be your motivation rather than how it's gonna appear um, on you. So, uh, let's see. What was my next question? Unless, do you have some key things yeah, you want to bring so up? So,
2: just just in, in the conversation, there's one thing that came to mind. So, um, another thing that I think people might be surprised to hear, because our our language in the Declaration is admittedly direct. Now, that is by design. Now, anybody who loves their country and also is honest realizes exactly what we say and what we don't say. So, this document is entirely apolitical and nonpartisan. It is directed towards the constitution, laws, military regulations. Nobody who's honest can say that we're calling for violence or that we're calling for the circumvention of the constitution or laws in any way. In fact, it's just the opposite. Yeah, We're saying that we are tired of having a military in which the leaders don't fulfill their oaths to the constitution or in which laws and military regulations are broken. So we're mm-hmm. actually just saying... We've got to restore the military to the proper trajectory in line with the Constitution that should have always been there. And so our language is direct because we know that the, the activity that has been perpetrated against the service member and by extension, the nation over the last two plus years is exceptionally egregious. And there are people who need to be held accountable. That is true. But people might actually be surprised to hear kind of in our, in our conversations with the um, with ourselves kind of in this, this inner nucleus of, uh, of co-organizers, because we're constantly in communication, you, you know, throughout the day, then, uh, especially this past week. Um, but we try to measure our desire for justice with at least some grace as well, because we're not, you know, we're, we're all human beings and we all want to see, um, the right thing done. And we all, when we feel that we've been aggrieved, there is kind of a desire for justice and and we're not immune to that either but we do as much as possible try to you know keep a check on our own pride none of us kind of desired to be the leader of a movement i don't know that we consider ourselves to be the leader of a movement now this thing got away from us a little bit right but it's more about we want other people to just kind of come along with us not even necessarily to follow us we're looking we want to be able to kind of look to our our left and right and see people with us, if, uh, if that makes sense.
1: Well, you know, that absolutely makes sense because it's, it's difficult for one organization to go in and get her done. There, there's, there's just a few people. What we really need in all of this, in the medical freedom movement and every freedom movement, is for everybody to be empowered in their life, within their scope, to stand up and speak out and do the right thing. It, it takes all of us living that way, that whole grassroots movement. So it would be wonderful if organically other individuals followed your lead, did the declarations, decided they're going to run for office. They're going to yeah, hold somebody we would, accountable.
2: We would love to see that. And you know, Rob is a an incredible leader, but also a very modest guy. So I'll say it. You know, we've we've mentioned his book, but there's a there is a clear thread of continuity, especially when you realize that Rob is kind of the the mind that produced, first of all, the idea for this declaration and then also the verbiage, right? So, but if you read his book, which everyone should because it's just a fantastic book, you can see the thread of continuity kind of from the book to then this document. But another reason that people should read the book is because, um, I mean, there are human interest stories. It's to kind Mm -hmm. of, even if you have... No connection to the military whatsoever, because everyone understands what happened through COVID and all of the rights that, that that individuals lost, the coercion that happened in many institutions across society. In the military, it was particularly egregious. That is true, and so there are so many stories that he just includes in there of real individuals, real lives facing real challenges, and in many cases, just overcoming. Um, Seemingly insurmountable odds. So, so mm-hmm. I, I would just encourage people if you like what you heard in the reading of this declaration, then you know go find more writings from Rob Green, notably his book.
1: It, exactly. I'm trying to as you're talking here pull it pull it up. I'm not doing it quickly. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Rob?
3: Yeah. So, so one of the things with the book that was so helpful to me is I I tried to write each chapter as an independent essay on on that topic. And it moves somewhat chronologically in the story of what happened in the military. But I open each of the chapters with a quote from the founding fathers and a situation that they go through uh, in the course of their fighting tyranny that mirrors what we were doing in during COVID at the time. Mm -hmm. And so when you tie those things together and then you see the thread of it throughout the book, it does naturally spill out, almost like a river into the sea. It spills into this declaration. And to to the point that we made earlier about what can people do, and, and this is about the people, we wrote that petition on militaryaccountability.com. We published that, I think, the day after because the clamoring was so great. What can we do? Well, that petition is actually pretty important because it expands what we have done with the Declaration of Military Accountability. And it has expanded it outside the military. It's for all people. And everyone who signs it is making a similar pledge to hold everyone in every branch of government accountable for crimes that they commit and for trampling of constitutional rights. So if you go to sign that, if you're someone who wants to go and participate with this, you're taking a similar pledge to us. And you are doing so in line and in the spirit of the founding fathers to take our country back. That, and, and so what we're doing here is we're, you don't have to when you're pledging. And just like the 231 who pledged with our declaration, not everybody is meant or called to run for Congress. Not everybody is going to become the secretary of the army, which I, I hope Brad does be, become, by the way, someday. <laughs> cool. um, but but that, not everybody is called for that. But what we actually pledged, the wording was so carefully crafted. It was so strategically designed by our group that went through this and made sure that it was tight. The pledge is to do everything that we can do for accountability. For most of us, that's going to be prayer. For most Mm -hmm. of us, that's going to be in our communities, within our families, standing up for the truth. Mm -hmm. Do not buy into the lie do not do things that you don't believe in just because everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that when you go to do this pledge with us and sign this petition, and there, now there's you know well over 13,000 people who have done it in just a couple days. Mm-hmm. If you go to do this, your pledge is to do the exact same thing, but it expands. And you're pledging to do everything that you can do to ensure accountability, to ensure our rights are not trampled. And for most people, that means in your day-to-day life, as you're walking around, if somebody's ordering you to put a very thin piece of cloth on your face that you don't believe in, Mm -hmm. then you don't do that. You stand up for what you believe in and you don't do things that you don't believe in just because you're coerced and pressured. That could be the most simple little thing that you do. And by doing this, like you said, one person stands up, 50 others grow a backbone. We will take our country back Mm -hmm. By doing this one person at a time, one community at a time, that's how you do it. So go to militaryaccountability.com, read that petition, join us in this fight and take back your own communities like we're trying to do in the military.
1: And I I love that both of you have like, um, Brad, you mentioned the word grace. That's one of my favorite words. And then, um, Rob, you're talking about, you know, you're being led by God. This is a God thing. Uh, say that a lot on this show. Um, everybody that I have met whose heart and soul has been in this freedom movement in all aspects, we come at it with grace, with love, with a desire for peace. Do we want justice? Yes. Do we want accountability? Yes. Um, but I've never seen anybody, it's, it's never been violent or angry. It's always us saying loving, kind, hopeful things. And then often the other side giving kind of evil anger back, you know, as they're, it's like they're afraid of us, our kindness in a way. And the, those little things that, like like you're talking about wearing the masks. I mean, we very openly on the show talk about that the science does, has never supported, even pre-COVID did not support mask wearing for preventive transmission of disease. We know that the science is there. And we knew that, and many people didn't believe it, but they were willing to just go along to get along or to fit in and not stand out or, you know, and to risk being thrown out of a store. Oh, how embarrassing would that be? But they were clueless to what that compliance meant. To their freedom, that willingness—it was a placeholder for compliance for everything else to come. If you were willing to do something you knew didn't work, um, and uh, then you, you've, you're kind of naming your price. At one point, I thought I would have this button that that says, um, um, "I I caved to coercion. Ask me what my price is." You know. Yeah. So you know what? What is your price? How How far do they have to go before you're willing to to not stand up?
2: Go ahead. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. So, I will tell you. You know, if you want to find a group of people who have who have proven that they will make, um, in some cases, tremendous sacrifices. You know, I would encourage people, and, and they may not necessarily they may not necessarily recognize the names, but if you just read some of those names on that document, the 231 signatories, even if you aren't necessarily familiar with the stories. If you read all 231 of those names, just know you have read the names of some true heroes, because there are individuals on there who have made tremendous sacrifices. Um, and in some ways, it's individuals like that, and and they're not they're not generals, they're not admirals. In some cases, they're very young service members in the military, and yet they are the ones almost kind of carrying the the military on their their shoulders. I mean, they're the true leaders that are trying to get the military back to where it should be. And with that said, there's another comment that I want to make about the names. There might be some people out there who criticize us for naming the senior leaders specifically that we are calling out. We, We deliberated over that and we decided that, listen, their names have to be on there. This mandate has been on there. This mandate has been in effect or it went into effect 28 months ago. And even if we were to view as charitably as possible, many individuals who may not necessarily have realized a lot of the legally dubious activities that occurred around the implementation of the mandate, that's 28 months ago. In the last 28 months, there's been so much evidence that has come out. So many red flags, so many questions that at this point, those who still want to claim ignorance i mean i would argue at this point they're they're willfully ignorant so at this point we believed senior leaders have to be named but also if we're going to talk about names we put our own names on the document too so it's not that we named a bunch of senior leaders and then didn't put our names on there you know okay. my name's on there rob's name is on there you know who's okay. still actively serving there are other individuals whose names are on there that are still actively serving so are they incurring some risk? Well, we don't want anybody to take unnecessary risks, but we're also at a point um, at this juncture in history where there are no risk-free options. No, It's going to require some courage. And um, we are fortunate enough to be surrounded by some people that have shown and are showing tremendous courage. I mean, examples that to me, I mean, they're examples of courage to me. and uh, And I've met a lot of people along the way, one of which is Rob, that I mm-hmm. consider a friend, but that I also uh, tremendously look up to as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, silence is compliance, if you're not willing at this point. And any sort of little bubble of protection that individuals feel they're creating by being silent, it's only temporary. They're They're actually supporting the evilness. And we need, and more and more people waking up to that fact that they can't hide any longer. Um, it is time to stand up. There is nowhere to hide on this planet. So, and the more people stand up, it's just going to snowball, you know, and keep going. Um, so, Rob, you've been kind of quiet here for a while. Do you want to add a little bit onto that?
3: Yeah, I would say it's significant. I think that on out of our two hundred and thirty-one, there were no flag in general officers, even of the retired group. And there's something to be said for the rank and file rising up. Now, this is within our institution, the one that we care about, the Department of Defense, our military. Mm-hmm. But this can be expanded to everywhere. Like, we are done. The, the consent of the governed is required. And when the government no longer is prioritizing the only job that they're supposed to really do, which is defend individual liberty, Mm-hmm. then the consent of the government needs to be removed and we need to remove those who are no longer operating within the context of that government the way it was supposed to be designed the constitution does two main things it establishes the form of the government which is fine mm-hmm. the form of the government does not need to change the, the other thing that the constitution does is it sets primacy for individual liberty mm-hmm. and the most important thing about the the Constitution is ensuring individual liberty, and so that is what we have to keep in mind here. That this is all about ensuring individual liberty, and we need to make sure that we hold our governments, our, our government leaders accountable, who are now trampling individual rights and who are using their positions to enrich themselves or pursue un-American agendas. And so, the people need to rise up, like we've done in the military. Mm-hmm. It is E fours that's. Very junior enlisted service members up to O sixes, mm. senior colonels and captains in the navy. Wow. That's the rank that signed this document, and all people everywhere need to rise up and do something similar, nonviolent,
1: yes, absolutely. lawful,
3: but mm-hmm. do something. Get involved at every level of government and in every public possible discourse place that you can go. Like right now, we, we are doing most of our work on X because right now that appears to be a free speech platform. That's mm-hmm. the public square for us right now. And so that's where we are. And in places like this with you, Bernadette, which we are very, very grateful for.
1: Oh, well, right back at you. What's your handle on Twitter?
3: Um, well, I just created one. Okay. On, <laughs> in, on January 1st. Uh, and so my, mine, I, so Brad,
2: you go ahead and tell yours first. Yeah, mine is uh, just my name, so it's at Brad Miller one zero one zero.
1: Okay. And-, and
2: and and mine,
3: I have been following Brad because he is a true leader in our movement. So I said I'm going to make mine look just like his. So mine is Rob Green ten ten.
1: Cool. I love that. Okay. So
3: if,
2: if people go to mine, they can actually find the original tweet that kind of started the the firestorm. So the first post that I made. At 4.07 a.m. after I sent the email to the senior military leaders, that first post that has the original um, screenshot of the, the, the body of the Declaration of Military Accountability, that is still pinned on my Twitter profile. So if people go find it, just you know, again, Brad Miller one zero one zero, they can find that it's been seen about three point eight million times but there are millions of more people that still need to see it. So yeah. by all means, go find and continue to share it.
1: Exactly. And the fact that you broke into mainstream um, is, is really exciting to me that more and more people are going to find it. Um, a, a couple of things. What I, what I discovered during COVID was that excellent laws and the Constitution and all these beautiful things that human beings write um, they are only as strong as the political will to stand by them. Um, and people will very easily, unfortunately, disobey any laws, any declaration, a lot of ethical issues if they do not feel they will be responsible in any way for doing so. And so we had this very perverse situation Um that took it a step beyond not only were there systems in place that took responsibility away from people doing wrong but it incentivized them to do wrong you know so it's sort of like this double incentive um and 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 so it was it was frightening to me to see that this beautiful nation and our constitution um you know how fragile it really is it is only strong as long as we the people are strong. And here it is, 2024, and we the people, we're back, right? We are back.
3: <laughs> we, we understand that point very well in the military, actually, and it's why we did what Brad explained about naming the names and then putting our own risk there. Our senior leaders in the military have not felt for many, many decades any personal risk. Or any decision related to trampling the constitutional rights or putting the lives of service members at risk. They've not felt any personal risk financially, legally, or otherwise. Why? A couple things. Ferris Doctrine is one of them. That's the legal precedent that says that no one in government, nor the government itself, can be held liable or be sued for the wrongful death or injury of a service member. That doctrine needs to be re-reviewed by the courts because that is that it's it's a horrific ruling that has enabled senior leaders to trample constitutional rights to put service members at risk unnecessarily we're talking about peacetime injuries training injuries mm-hmm. mistakes okay. made by senior leaders and they cannot legally be held accountable because and they cannot be sued because of ferris doctrine so that's one thing that needs to be reviewed the other thing that needs to be reviewed is the deference that the court pays to the to the DOD for things that are declared national security.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. If they
3: use the words national security, federal judges tend to shy away and do not want to touch it. So these are things that we understand very well when you you talk about people feeling protected, the perfect liability shield for emergency use authorized products, for example. Mm -hmm. We have the same problem in the military. We understand it very well, and that's why what we did was very intentional to make sure that our senior leaders realize they have personal risk and we're going to start coming for them as long as we live.
1: Fantastic. Well, Rob Green and Brad Mellor, thank you so much for what you have done. Continue to do. We'll continue to remind people to go sign the petition and wow. Happy New Year.
2: Uh, I appreciate
1: you guys so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Liberty Hour on Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. We'll see you next week.
0: Sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense. If so, then there is a fact-based science-driven news show designed just for you.